Welcome to On The Rise Podcast with your hosts, Sam and Evan. Hello and welcome to On The Rise Podcast. My name is Sam Donzik alongside my host, Evan Brown. Before we get started, On The Rise Podcast is now streaming on midtownradio.ca. We're going to get started in the NHL regarding Nico Hichier, who signed a seven-year, roughly around $50 million contract extension with a seven-and-a-quarter million AAV. Does this mean, I'm just going to get your opinion on this and I'll get my opinion as well, does this mean Tyler Hall is not signing for the Devils before the before ne- before next year's offseason? I personally think that this move is a safety move for the Devils. Um, their first round, their former first overall pick, Nico uh, Nico Hiche, has been playing really well for them in the past couple seasons. This is the final year of his entry level, so they needed to get an extension done before this off, uh, before going into the next season. And I mean, he's he's looked really good. And with Taylor Hall's contract coming up at the end of the year, the Devils have not had a great start off to the season. So this is a big big move for them, I think, just because. They needed some guy locked up for next for the next foreseeable future, really. And this Nico Hiche is, in my opinion, one of the next up and coming stars. I think. I would totally agree with this. Yeah, what this move does is that when you look at it, it's like I think they're going in a different direction from where Taylor Taylor Hall is. Taylor Hall has been in the league for an X number of years. I wouldn't say he's he's I wouldn't say washed up, but he's a little bit older. He's been passed around from team to team. Nico Hiche, a young up-and-coming player who's had his entry-level deal, really done well, and the Devils, I think in my opinion, what I'm saying is that they're just going in a different direction and they're locking up a, a young forward, like you said, for a, like a seven-year deal. Yeah. Uh, the seven-and-a-half quarter million, not too bad. Very. Yeah, that's very, very low, price. honestly. Very that's good very, good, very that. good price, considering what we saw with other yeah. unrestricted free agents. And considering it's seven years, too. Considering it's a seven-year deal, I think it's a great signing uh, for this. Now, something that you wanted to talk about is that the NHL schedule this year has been very weird, considering Certain teams have played up to eight or nine games, and some teams have only played four. Chicago Blackhawks were one, two, and one. They played four games. The Leafs played the eight or nine, eight or nine games, and they're four, three, and one. And I know you had some thoughts on this, so I just want to get your thoughts. Yeah, and see what you have. I just wanted to kind of get my opinion out there because yeah, the Blackhawks have played four games so far. The Jets have played the most games of anybody at nine, and I just I was just taking a look because. The Leafs so far are 4-3-1, and and they've already played two back-to-backs, I think, now. And coming up, they have a game against um, Boston, Saturday night, uh, Hockey Night in Canada, which is going to be a really good game, I think. They have an off day. Then Monday, they play Columbus, which is going to be a good game. But then the next night, they play Boston again. Three games in four days, two of them are being against the Leafs' biggest rival in the Boston Bruins, I'd say, uh, um, up there with Montreal. But And you look at the schedule, like, Chicago's only played four games. They, some teams have played twice as many games as the Blackhawks have. That is a ridiculous stat, I think. And just the schedule has been, like, a lot different this year. And if you look at the Edmonton Oilers, who are 6-1-0, and uh, sorry, yeah, six one and zero. They've played really easy, easy teams compared to what the Leafs have had to face. The Leafs have had to face the Washington Capitals, former Stanley Cup champion of a couple of years ago. They've played the Lightning, some, the Blues. Exactly. They've played really tough teams in the first couple of games. And if you look at the Oilers, they've beaten like teams like the Flyers. They've beaten the Canucks. They've beaten the Kings. These aren't playoff teams. So people are going off about how oh yeah, the Oilers are six and one. They're facing non-playoff teams, in my opinion. No, I totally agree to that aspect, but I think what like and I totally agree the league like the league schedule this year is weird, but I think what they're doing is that they're facing like-minded teams that they believe would be provide good hockey. When you think the Leafs technically 
should be a good team on paper. Yes. They're a yes. good. Ba- they're like <laughs> they're a good. They're a good hockey team. But when you go up to play better teams, that's just the fact. So what I'm saying is, yes, I agree to you. Some aspects, the league schedule, but you can. I would say you cannot blame the Leafs' woes on their schedule. And they, I'm, yeah. and I'm saying you're not no, and I and I know you're not saying that. Yeah. But I'm just saying you can't. The schedule is weird in some way. And yes, like I would agree with you. The Chicago Blackhawks have not a good. If 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 the Chicago Blackhawks were four zero, like if they were four and zero right now, and they've only played four games, I would understand. The Blackhawks have not done very well either. No, nor have not. the Leafs really. Like like other teams, the Leafs have done better. Obviously, yeah. a lot better. Leafs are. But I can understand what you're going for. But what you can't obviously go 100 percent with the schedule, and the schedule is never going to make everybody happy. No. When you look at any sport, you can see this year everyone's complaining that the Patriots don't have a good like easy schedule. Yeah, Patriots have or had an easy schedule. How Clemson is playing no unranked opponent. They're playing like they're playing no ranked opponents. I mean, so there's no they're playing no teams within the top 25. So that's an easy ride, you know. So I think what you have to do is you have to look at this from a bigger grander perspective and say how hard is your team working how good is your team on paper compared to who the teams you're playing and i understand certain teams are going to play easier teams maybe it's for hockey reasons and i just think that's that's the way i feel uh that's the way yeah. you feel so it's obviously and that's like, the way it's that's also, the way it goes yeah it's also going to be tough going forward because uh, toronto just got the terrible news that tavares is out for a couple of weeks that is that that's big news as well tavares out for two weeks with it with an injury and i think that's that that's going to be tough for the leafs i think personally the Leafs are going to have to do a lot of shuffling. This is going to this is this is kind of an opportunity for the Leafs to show their um, depth, real depth at uh, the center position. Because what I think we're going to see is maybe a line where because Marner and Trevor Moore might stay together, but we don't really know what Babcock could do personally. If I was Mike Babcock, I would have one extreme power line. I would put Matthews with Nylander and Marner. Could you imagine watching that line work for two weeks? That line would be three top-end stars playing together. You don't see that anymore. And especially when you take a look at Tampa Bay, who did that basically against the Leafs the other uh, uh, last week. They played Kucherov, Stamkos, and Braden Point together. Three top-end guys, top-end scorers, and they played really well against the Leafs, and that's how they beat the Leafs. So I think John Tavares being out could give an opportunity to some of the lesser guys like because um, if they put Matthews, Marner, and Nylander on the same line, that means a guy like Ilya Mikheyev or Trevor Moore or Kasperi Kapanen really have, they have to show their worth in this. So the Leafs' depth, I think, is going to be what's key for them this season, and this really gives them a chance to show it off. It's it's definitely I would definitely agree with this injury. It's gonna I'd say it's gonna test how good the Maple Leafs are at dealing with adversity adversity with an injury when a big yeah. obviously it's not a big big starts on Austin Matthews, but John Tavares an excellent player for the Leafs. Their captain has gone down for. Two weeks, they're gonna have to come with that deal with that adversity. They're still gonna have a lot more players, and I definitely say it's their time for sh- it's their time to shine to show. Okay, what can we do with a group of young guys? Your 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 play, your mostly young guys, really your top line, and that would be a killer line if you have those top three stars on one line. It would be I would say unstoppable. But yeah. then when that does, then your other three lines aren't gonna be as good. Of course, no. you have one good line, and then once they go off, it's gonna be it's gonna be other good lines. It's gonna yeah. be other good lines against so not so great lines. Uh, that wraps up our NHL discussion regarding Nico Hishier's uh, sign, rough, uh, his uh, contract extension and the NHL schedule. Moving on over into some news about Patrick Holmes. He is roughly out about four to six weeks with a knee injury, and that was a nasty knee injury if you didn't see it. I did not see it, but I know you saw it. What does this do for the Chiefs, really? Like, I know the backup corner went in against the Broncos, but four to six, roughly, that's kind of the rough estimate. He's, he's going to come back, but... 
it's going to be that's that's yeah. a wide timeline I'd say. Dislocated kneecap for Patrick Mahomes. That's going to be really tough because dislocated kneecaps can be really tough to come back from, and especially when you're a quarterback because you're going to have you have to move a lot, right? You have you have to be mobile, especially for his game, right? His game is a lot of run game. Like he himself takes the ball a lot, right? So that's a big thing for them, especially because he injured in our quarterback sneak. But anyways, um, yeah, they brought in their backup quarterback against uh, the Den- uh, Denver Broncos. There, that was pretty much. An easy game. They should have had that. Their backup, Matt Moore, did okay. They they were playing the Broncos. It wasn't. It was the Broncos. You're gonna exactly. really see when they play there next week. I just find it interesting because when you look at it, when you look at the game last night, the Chiefs defense actually really only allowed six points, and it was pretty yeah. sure it was two field goals. I'm pretty sure. Exactly. It was two field goals, and they allowed. I think only allowed a hundred, a sub hundred rushing yards in that first game, in like in a while. They yeah. were ranked thirtieth, and they still. Well, they, I don't think it's gonna change it majorly just yeah. for one game. But they might go down a few in the rankings in their rush defense. And it was really good to see the Chiefs actually figure out their problems and understand. Because Trevor Lindsay, uh, Lindsay, like a running back for the Denver Broncos, a solid running back in the league. He's not like he's not, he's not a top-notch running back, yeah. but he's a solid guy. And he, he, if he's running all over you, then you've got a problem. But for them yeah. to contain them, I think it gave some relief to Chiefs fans. for only bit, And then yeah. the, their quarterback went down. That kind of yeah. put it back up there. But I think it's definitely interesting to see how the Chiefs are going to do and what their record is going to be going forward for the next four to six weeks, really roughly. Yeah. Him being out. And it, I definitely see it, it could go – he could come back in four weeks. He could back five weeks yeah. or six. It's really hard to tell now, with the injury. It'll yeah. be it, it'll be okay because it, during that four to six week timetable, they do have a bye week in there, so that's good news for them. So they can at least maybe get a like have less games in there, maybe makes it easier on them. Their next game coming up is against the Chargers. That'll be interesting to see if their backup can help them push it past the Chargers defense. I think I, yeah. I think they can do that considering the third string quarterback of uh the uh, Pitt, the Pittsburgh Steelers beat uh Philip Rivers. I think it's possible. Yeah, so, and I, mean, it, I think it's possible. It's the NFL. Anything's so, possible. So if you look at that, now let's just say they win against the Chargers. They have their bye week, and then they have another game. They're only really, let's say they have one loss. They're now that would put them in six and six and three. Yeah, they'd be six yeah, and three. Something like that. Six and three after like the ninth week, whatever. So they'd be six and three. Not the worst spot to be in, considering you could still and your quarterback comes back then after an inj- off an injury, and let's say you go win another like I don't know, uh, say like. Uh, six games or seven games. Not saying you win like six or seven games straight, but it's a possibility there. Yeah. Alrighty, moving over into week seven predictions. Uh, well, obviously we just talked about the Chiefs versus Broncos game. Let's uh, Raiders versus Packers. This is gonna be an interesting. Well, the Packers have played very well this year. Uh, or four and one, or five and one. No, five at five and one. This is, I think, was an easy pick. I pick Packers over Raiders. I think I'm gonna go with Packers over Raiders as well. Packers have looked pretty good. Aaron Rodgers, I think, is questionable right now for that game. But uh, as long as he's playing, I think that they take down the Raiders pretty easily. Alrighty, uh, we have Rams versus the Falcons. Falcons at home. The Rams. Haven't looked so strong. Haven't looked so strong. Yeah, they've been in Lost three straight, underperforming. They did, however, get Jalen Ramsey, and he is going to play that this week. That was a though, huge trade. Which was a huge pickup. Considering it was odd though, because it was interesting, because Marcus Peters didn't. Marcus Peters didn't seem like he was the worst corner in the league. No, like he he maybe had some miss. But now when you switch him with Jalen Ramsey, Jalen Ramsey is a is a good quarterback. He wants yeah. to play clearly in L.A. He's going to show up. The question is, i just wondering what his debut number is. I am going to pick the Falcons actually over yeah. the Rams. And do you think that trade was worth it, though? The three for, uh, the three picks, I think it was two firsts and a fourth for Jalen Ramsey. I think I think it was an interesting trade. It, w- it was an interesting trade because when you look at it, in my mind, Jalen Ramsey, when he is healthy and when he doesn't have his little attitude issues, like when, he, <laughs> when he's focusing on football, if you say yeah. Jalen Ramsey is 
a top three cornerback? In football, I would say yes, I would agree. Because when you're talking about in football, he is a top three cornerback. Yeah. I would say Marcus Peters is my number one or two. Yeah. Um, who is oh Richard Sherman's number two, and I would say um, Jalen Ramsey number three. Richard yeah. Sherman has done really well. Yeah. Speaking of Richard Sherman, the 49ers going on the road against the Redskins. I pick the 49ers over the Redskins. That's Redskins, an easy one. that's yeah. an easy one. Redskins have not looked great this season. 49ers have looked pretty good, and uh, yeah, should be an easy win for the 49ers on that one. Alrighty, let's keep it moving. Texans versus the Colts. Colts at home against the Texans. Uh, really, the Texans an interesting will. They've done very well in the recent weeks. Uh, they started to figure out how to not or how to. Um, Stop the uh, really pressure getting to Deshaun Watson. Uh, I, I would say the Texans over the Colts. That's my pick. What are your thoughts there? Uh, yeah, Deshaun Watson has looked really good, and uh, Jacoby Brissett has not. He's been okay, but he hasn't been what Eli Manning was for them. So I personally think that uh, I'm going to go with the Texans on that one. Alrighty. Um, moving on, Vikings versus the Lions. This is going to be an interesting game because when you look at how well the Lions have played, roughly uh, they had a close game against. The, um, who are they? Oh, they played the Packers last week. Who am I thinking? Yeah, they played the yeah. Packers last week. A very close game. And to think that they can hold on to a top team like the Packers, it's going to be interesting. But the Vikings have gotten a lot stronger. I'm picking Vikings over Lions on the road. Yeah, sorry. Just there? a side note. I said Eli Manning instead of Andrew Luck again. Um, <laughs> sorry. Well, which game was this again? Vikings and Vikings, Lions? Vikings, Lions. I think I'm going to go Lions on that one. Yeah. Our Lions on that over the Vikings. Okay. Yeah, uh, I think ja- I'm going to go Yeah, Jaguars, Bengals. Uh, I'm picking Jaguars. Yeah, Gardner Minshew, Gardner Minshew, plus the pickup of Marcus <laughs> Peters, plus the pickup of Marcus Peters is a solid. What are your thoughts yeah, there? Yeah, Gardner Minshew, the legend lives on, and uh, the Bengals have not looked great that se- uh, this season. And uh, yeah, I think the Jaguars will be able to pull that one out. But uh, who knows if the Bengals will be able to snap their uh, losing streak this season? Definitely. Uh, let's go. The Giants hosting the Cardinals. This is going to be an interesting game. Of course, Daniel Jones at home against the Cardinals. The Cardinals have looked half decent throughout the few weeks. They haven't looked the best. They've played some good football here and there. Yeah. Kyler um, Murray's looked pretty good. Kyle Murray has looked good. So I'm actually going to pick the Cardinals over the Giants on the road here. So Quan Barkley has been listed as he's playing for this game, which could be an X factor. But I do think that the Cardinals will take this one over the Giants. Uh, Dolphins versus the Bills. This is an easy one. I'm actually picking the Bills over the Dolphins. That'd be surprising. A couple of years ago, you'd think, oh, Dolphins over Bills. But this yeah. year, the Bills have played very well. Yeah, I was talking about defense that. is definitely underestimating uh, yeah. like, an underestimating factor in this Dolphins over uh, Bills over Dolphins. I was talking to my yeah. dad about that when we were having a laugh because it was like you would never in recent history take the Bills over the Dolphins. No, but, but this year, this, this year, year you have to. <laughs> uh, Chargers over t- Chargers versus Titans. I would say this is a tough one. The Titans haven't looked too strong. Uh, I think they're gonna. I think they did replace Marcus Mariota with uh, who is it? Um, was it Josh? Not Josh Rosen. Um, I can't remember who was going in there for the uh, starting quarterback. Anyway, so Tannehill. Yeah, Ryan Tannehill. That's what it was. Yeah, thank you. Ryan Tannehill is announced the starter versus the Chargers, so that's gonna be interesting as well. So I, I would say, I'm gonna pick the Chargers over the Titans. Ryan Tannehill coming in off a week. The Titans have look really strong. They're struggling. That's why Marcus Mario has been benched. So I'm picking Chargers over Titans. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with uh, Chargers over Titans on that one too. Already Ravens versus the Seahawks. It is the return of Earl Thomas III to the <laughs> Century Lake Stadium. I am going to see... It, it wasn't the prettiest game of last week against the, for the Seahawks. And the week, the week before that against the Cardinals wasn't good as well. But when you look when you really look at the teams that they've played, the tough teams they've played, if you look at the Rams... And um, now, of course, last week against the Browns, 
solid teams. It is going to be a close game. I picked the Seahawks over the Ravens. I think the defense is going to show up strong, and the offense is going to perform well. Yeah. I Probably. think this is going to be a game to watch this week because this is two really good teams going at it and two high-powered offenses. Um, Lamar Jackson against Russell Wilson. I think that'll be a really good matchup to see. And uh, I'm actually going to disagree with you on that one. I think uh, Lamar Jackson is going to do well against the Seahawks defense and uh, take this one for the Ravens. All righty. We'll see who wins then. Uh, Saints versus the Bears. I would predict I, I'm picking the Saints. The Saints have played very well without. Now, of course, now Alvin Kamara, Alvin Kamara has been ruled out for yeah, this game. Yeah, that's a big X Which factor. is a big X factor considering Teddy Bridgewater is the backup. And I feel like Teddy, I feel like. Alvin Kamara has helped them carry yeah. a few wins. I He's would say he's helped them survive that. Helped them survive weeks. a few wins here and there. So I'm gonna actually I'm gonna still still stay with my pick with the Saints despite Alvin Kamara being ruled out. I know it's the Bears against the home. It's yeah. October weather. You know it's cold there. The Saints aren't used to it. So we'll see how it goes. I but. think I think I'm gonna go with the Bears on this one. Actually, it's, judging by the season, you would not have seen coming. But I I do think the Bears just because with them Alvin Kamara out and with uh, Drew Brees out and Teddy Bridgewater in, I think I'm gonna go with the Bears. All right, Eagles versus Cowboys. This is a huge game Sunday night. Both teams are 3-3. Three and three. This is basically the lead for the division. Whoever yeah. comes out on top of this game is going to win this division, in this my is, mind. This is a huge game. This is a huge game, and I am picking the Eagles over the Cowboys. <sighs> I know. I know. It's it's a bit of a – I know you're a Cowboys fan. Yeah. But from what I've seen from the Eagles – well, it hasn't been great, obviously, because they're both 3-3. Three and three, But I've seen better from the Eagles than the Cowboys, and especially after that little mix-up against the Jets last week. Uh, I don't want to talk about that loss. That was that was devastating. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. We did almost come back though. Yeah, you almost did. Yeah, Dak Prescott did go down with a concussion for well, almost a concussion for a little bit there. And I mean, you did vote against. uh, I did vote against your Seahawks. So, but yeah, I'm gonna go Cowboys (laughs) on this one. (laughs) No, it's it's nothing. No, it's I'm picking the Eagles over the Cowboys. Speaking of the Jets, actually, from last week's little uh, miss or miss uh, victory win, they are playing the Patriots at. Home Monday night, Patriots over Jets. That's an easy one. Uh, it's I mean, funny. No, yeah, pa- yeah, this is another Jets one. Me and my dad were talking about in his fantasy pool. He actually took the Jets to beat the Patriots this week. And I know it's football, but that's just crazy. I am taking the Patriots all day over the Jets. And if if I mean if somehow the Jets beat the Patriots, then fair play to him. But I I have to go Patriots on that one. <laughs> <clears throat> Already that wraps up our NFL discussion regarding Patrick Holmes' injury news and our Week 7 predictions. Let's move over to the NBA regarding Zion Williamson. He has been announced that he's out for a few weeks roughly with a knee injury. What does this mean for the Pelicans in regards to their opening opening start of the season? Well, first of all, it means that the Raptors have a lot easier of a game on opening night. I would, uh, <laughs> I would agree with that as well. You don't have Zion Williamson to, agree with, uh, to deal with, I mean. Yeah, so that'll be a lot easier. But um, it'll be interesting to see because... This kind of is a test for the, like, obviously the Pelicans won't be playing at full strength with him out, but it'll be kind of a test to see what the Pelicans can really be like without Zion on the floor. Because Zion's not going to be playing 42 minutes a game. He's not going to be playing. Or 48 minutes a game. He's not going to be playing every single minute of the game. So when you have a player like Zion who's not going to be out, who, who, who is going to be out and not play, it, like I would totally agree with you. It's gonna be see, it's gonna be seen as what can the what can the Pelicans do without him on the floor? What what how does the offense run? What are they gonna be? Because I feel like Drew Holiday is gonna be a main part of this offense. Oh yeah, and even when Zion's on the floor, and I remember discussed like even when Zion's on the, like Zion is gonna be part of that offense. Like obviously like, he's gonna be oh, main yeah. part of the he's offense. Gonna be a huge part. He's gonna be a huge part of the offense. But it means like even when Zion's on the floor, I feel like Drew is gonna be that main guy. To be kind of like he's 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 the point guard. So he's running the offense, but I feel yeah. like definitely he, it's gonna be interesting to see. What would you say? About I that? think I think it's gonna be really interesting too because 
we've seen in the past number one picks go down as busts because they've been injured. And I wonder what this means for Zion because, I mean, this seems just like a small knee injury, but any small injury can turn into something big, right? So we don't know what this could turn into for Zion. This could be a persistent injury. This could be just a normal bruised left knee, right? So we don't know what this could turn into. And I think we got to keep an eye on this. And if I was the Pelicans, because he's my rookie, and I know you want to hype him up for the start of the season, you have to keep him off the uh, keep him off the roster until he's healthy, fully healthy. I would totally agree with that, and when you look at the, and what, what I would agree with that is that when you have a player like Zion Williamson, like you said, I would definitely keep him off the roster and keep him healthy because you don't know if this knee injury is going to be like you said persistent or if they come back to if he comes back too early and it's going to further damage his knee. Yeah, that's you the don't word. want that to happen. So you want to be really safe. You want to take as much time as you need, and you say, listen. Zion, we know we understand you're a big rookie, you know, whatever it is. And he, he totally understands. He wants to come back 100%. He, yeah. I don't think he's a player, and I, like, I'm like i not saying I don't know him personally, but I feel like he's the type of player that doesn't want to rush back. He's not that player no. that's like, oh, I got to go back and play. I got to go back and play. He understands the Importance. impact of his injury and the uh, implications that it has of possibly him being further injured. So it's very interesting to see. Uh, talking about really predictions as well, and Zion included, um, the NBA GMs in the league did uh, predictions for the league or for uh, the NBA. They talked about the best player at each position and MVP, NBA title, breakout player, and started team with. Uh, so we can just as go well through. as rookie of the year, yeah. As well as rookie, oh yeah, rookie of the year, which was Zion, was voted for at I believe a seventy percent or higher around that. It point. was somewhere around that around yeah. that point. So um, second uh, point guard or the best point guard at the position would be Steph Curry. I would agree with that. I would agree with that as yeah, well. I that's thought it an was, easy one. I thought it was interesting how James, uh, LeBron James got some votes for that as well. <laughs> yeah, for that. Um, st- uh, shooting guard, James Harden. I would disagree with this, honestly. Interesting. Like, okay, so like I understand he's he, he is one of the top players, but I feel yeah. like there's better shooting guards out there, and I'm just going to name one, Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson is an excellent defensive. Like He plays if you're playing best player at each position. Yes, you can take best offensive player, but I'm like best a, overall. Yeah, best overall player, I would say, is Clay Thompson. He's got a killer. He's got amazing three point shooting. Like yep. as we know, when he's healthy, he plays good defense. And that's my thoughts on that. What are your do you? Would you say James Harden is the best, or it's like, or would you I say would he's say, like top three? I would say definitely. I would say it's a. Cl- I think James Harden deserves to be in that spot as of right now, just because right. of his history. But that's Clay true. Thompson, fully healthy, and the way he shoots, I think he could have that top spot. But I think because Harden stays um, has stayed healthy and has stayed I, yeah that is true yeah years. that is a true and also he did win mvp the year before so. exactly yeah so, it, it's definitely a, it's a key point there i would just say i i like my thoughts are that harden that he's he's a really good offensive player his and defense he's, lacks, he, his defense kind of lacks and that's when i say best player because it yeah. doesn't say best offensive it just says best player yeah um speaking of defense Kawhi leonard with the best uh voted position at suit uh small forward easily that's an easy I, one. I can agree with that. Two-way player, back and forth, uh, offense and defense yeah. really going through. A couple years ago, maybe LeBron, but because he's getting up there in age and because of the season we, he had last year, I, we can't say he's the best small forward at that No, position. considering he's playing point guard this year, actually. So. Well, yeah, that too, but like <laughs> yeah. just based on past history mm-hmm. and the position he should be playing, not point guard. Uh, yeah. Giannis Antetokounmpo voted for best power forward. This is this is a no-brainer, honestly. The, the, power forward position. 
Giannis owns. He is the best player at yeah. that position right now in the league, and for many years to come, would say. Oh, yeah, 100%. Easily. 100%. Uh, going to the center position, Nikola Jokic. I agree with it totally. Nikola Jokic had an excellent season for the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets yeah. had a really outbreak season no one expected. No one just, no one no. saw that last year. I was and, like, really happy to see it. Though. It was really happy to see because I was happy to see another team, not just other yeah. than the Houston Rockets versus exactly. the Golden State exactly. Warriors. Yeah. Plus, I you got see that, that. Uh, feel good story with Jamal Murray, the Canadian, yeah. coming out and just mm-hmm. dominating the league and making a whole time of money now right so definitely I, yeah. I think i can agree with Jokic being in the top spot but i personally would have liked to see Embiid in that spot i think but Embiid has a history of uh injuries which i think kind of Im- implicates that, i think but... that implicates it but when you like it's it's like the uh, clay thompson thing when he's fully healthy joel Embiid is a excellent center we yeah. saw it against the raptors he wasn't fully yep. healthy but he was mostly healthy yep. during the regular season he was a dominant center he's a big guy yeah. he's and hard he to shoot stop well. he can shoot well he can drive and I would say he d- he he's in that he's close to tie with that uh, first spot with Jokic. MVP was Giannis, or for next for this coming up year for a repeat of MVP. I would agree. Like yes, he might have MVP, but I feel like there's gonna be another breakout player, uh, like another breakout, like a breakout star. Another they have breakout player, which is De'Aaron Fox, but another breakout star that I would say that might trump Giannis over the MVP. I don't know. Maybe. I think I I can agree with you on that personally. I don't think Giannis will repeat just because that the Bucks have kind of done a, a decent job of trying to build other players around him. I honestly think that Curry is going to win MVP this season. I think just because Clay Thompson, I mean, Clay Thompson is going to be injured for most of the season. And I mean, they have added D'Angelo Russell. They've added some decent pieces, but I still think Curry with Kevin Durant gone and Clay Thompson going to be injured for most of the season. I think we honestly see another breakout season from Curry here and he just gets better and better every year. I think, I think I would agree with that. Totally. Curry. Yeah. Steph Curry, when you have these injuries and when you have these players leave you like uh, with he Clay Thompson, up. yeah, he steps up. And it, we saw that with James Harden, if you think about it. James Harden, yeah. when he had players down, he stepped in a massive year. He had a breakout yeah. like two months. Chris Paul. Obviously, didn't win. Well, he won MVP one year when he had that break. Yeah. With that massive breakout, this year was a little bit different. And a lot of people say he got um, kind of I'd snubbed say, snubbed for it, which, you know, we can talk about a little bit later or like on, a different, <laughs> yeah. on a different episode. Yeah. But regarding this, I would definitely agree. Steph Curry would be a possibility for MVP. I would disagree with that. Rookie of the year, Zion. I don't know. With his we'll injury, this, yeah, we'll see. This injury is going to be, this is going to put yeah. a little kind of band-aid on it, with like a little pause on it to see yeah. what's going to happen. But I would say John Morant would definitely John be Morant, yeah. John I Morant think... or, uh, who's playing, oh God, I'm RJ? RJ Barrett, yeah. yeah. I think RJ honestly, Barrett, yeah. RJ, just because, like, if you look at John Morant, he has a decent core around him. If you look at the Knicks, they're the Knicks. They have RJ Barrett and Julius Randle, like, that's not going to be a big team that's going to win a lot of games, but I think you do see R.J. Barrett kind of take almost like a leadership role, even though he's so young, and I think that really pushes him forward in the Rookie of the Year conversation because he is that lone player on that team, really, and he's going to be the one scoring a lot of the points, I think. Now, this is an interesting one. The NBA title is going to the Clippers. That's what that's what a majority of the MV, the, the the GMs have voted on. The Clippers are winning the NBA title. I would agree with this. The, I, I, I don't know if I would agree with this totally, but I would say definitely it'd be a top consideration of them winning the title with the players that they brought in, the star, the two stars that they brought in with um, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, the best two-way player in my mind in the league right now, yep. defensively, offensively. It's definitely going to be a top consideration for them. What would you say? I 
think I totally agree with this. I mean, the Clippers, they obviously added Kawhi and Paul George, but you also got to look past that and see the role players they have. They have... Lou Williams. Lou Williams, especially. I, I Patrick love Beverly. Patrick Beverly, because they have such a good defensive team, and they have Montrezl Hill as well. They have a good um, offensive team, and they have a good defensive team, and they have so many players backed up, right? Because Lou Will is used to being a six-man. He is going to go out there and probably be the six-man going into the season. And he's, he's won it twice. <laughs> exactly. I don't, I don't he's think he's going to give that starting position but yeah no he's gonna dominate again and i it's gonna be really interesting to see because that 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 team is just gonna give every team fits because they're gonna stop them on the defensive end of the floor and then on offense they're just they have so many different weapons right so it's gonna be i i i think that the clippers will win the championship this season and talking about a breakout year previous to that breakout player was best voted De'Aaron fox i know you would love to see this De'Aaron fox i would love to see it as well De'Aaron fox has had a few, you know, not the greatest seasons in the past. Like, had some decent seasons. He's had but some decent seasons. He's had some decent seasons, but not a breakout season. And definitely, I'd say this would, ag- I would agree with his, the GMs saying De'Aaron Fox is due yeah. for a breakout season. I think De'Aaron Fox is due, and he's easily one of the fastest players in the game and uh, easily one of the most fun to watch players in the game because he's so fast, right? Um, and I think that if it's not De'Aaron Fox, I think Donovan Mitchell actually is going to have an incredible season. He had a pretty good season last year. I think he's going to have a incredible season this year playing for the jazz and the jazz do look as a kind of a sleeper team right now i think a lot of people uh, consider under they're not considering the jazz as they're they're considering them as a sleeper team or like as a underdog i would say but definitely i would say they did lose ricky rubio but i think that yeah they are an underdog going into this west just because it's so loaded but the combination of another like a year older donovan mitchell and the defensive star that is rudy gobert that team is going to be really good going into the season all right, and the last thing we're talking about regarding this poll was the starter team with finished sentence was Giannis Antetokounmpo, and this is interesting because when you look at Giannis as a player, he's a great defensive and offensive player. He plays the small for he plays the power forward position. So you have there you have center he's small forward versatile. Yeah, versatile. He can play small forward or power forward. He can play center even as well. Yeah, he could he could probably play all five like LeBron. he can play all four. He he all, all, all five, all five positions. He's like LeBron James. He can kind of play all five. So yeah. I definitely agree. This is an easy yeah. pick for a starter plus, team with. Plus he's young too. He's right? young. That's what you want to do. You want to build other young stars around and get a few veterans in there as well. Yeah. Because I think a good team, to have a good team, you have to have young players who are very good and they have yeah. veterans, like seasoned veterans to kind of yeah. give you that playoff experience, like a George Hill kind of guy. Yeah. yeah. Like that. And I think, yeah, Giannis is up there. I think even though Kawhi Leonard's a bit older than Giannis, I think he would be there as well just because he is such a good player overall and he'd kind of be like the silent giant kind of thing. Yeah, if Kawhi Leonard was a – like he's not that old, is he? He's not, he's not that old. But, but like, not as young as Giannis. Giannis, yeah, young if, as Giannis, Giannis. if Giannis and Kawhi were kind of in that same age right now, it would be a tough choice. It would really be a it tough be choice because they're so good defensively and they're so good offensively. Yeah, okay, quick question here, like kind of a little bit off the topic. If you pick Giannis Prime versus Kawhi Prime, who would you build oh. your team Tough, tough. Choice that is there. really tough because I think I think I'd go with Kawhi just because 2014 Spurs when he won that breakout. Yeah, I think just because he is a better shooter. I think that's really the key. And when he's healthy, he's easily one of the best defensive players, and he can um, just shoot the lights out compared to Giannis. Giannis. But if Giannis can develop the three point shot like he's been saying he will, that'll be scary. I think for the NBA because he's so he's so versatile and he's so lengthy. He can dominate any position on the floor really 
Alrighty, that wraps up our NBA discussion regarding Zion Williamson's injury and our NBA thoughts or and our thoughts from the NBA GM's predictions. Let's move over and final our subject for the day. Uh, the MLB Cardinals are the, were swept by the Nationals last week, 4-0, and I predicted the Nationals beating them, but I did not predict it like this. I thought it'd be a closer series than a four games. I was I was not happy. I predicted Cardinals in six, and that clearly did not go well. No, that went the opposite way. <laughs> yeah, I was I was really surprised by this, and I mean. I mean, congrats to the Nationals, obviously, making the World Series. I'm excited to see who they go up against, though, because the, currently the ALCS is at 3-1 to one Astros. I think and game, they played they, or they played game, tonight. Game 5 is tonight, yeah. And, I mean, the Astros could clinch tonight. And, I mean, CC Sabathia just went down for the Yankees, and he had a great career. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're pro- He's probably going to retire after this Yeah, season. I think he did announce retirement after I think the year. So, yeah. yeah. But I think it's going to be interesting to see who the Nationals will match up against and how they'll fare against that matchup. Because if you look at the Yankees' side of things, they have to come back from down uh, come back from down 3-1. And they're in a tough spot. But their offense, like, they just got Giancarlo Stanton back. That's going to be a huge booster to their offense. And I think that if I'm the Nationals, I want the Yankees to somehow come back from down seven because the Astros look scary right now. They have a really good pitching staff and they have a really good offense. And I remember when we talked about the Yankees a little while ago versus the Astros, and we said the Yankees, the Yankees hitting, they have a lot of power, but they're not accurate. Like they're not, yeah. they're power hitters. They don't and bat they, for and average. And, and it is showing here because they're looking for the yeah. big home runs and they're striking out. They're down three one. This yep. is going to be the game to see. Okay, is it? Is it? Yeah. It's literally hit or miss. Like, it is. It's it basically is. you miss and you go home or you hit and you yep. win and you stay alive for another yep. night. But speaking on the Cardinals being swept by the Nationals, Bryce Harper, I think it was a tweeter comment saying jealousy. He said he was he was he was happy for them, and he said jealousy is not good. And I would agree with that. But I feel like he's hiding something else because I feel like there's some hidden feelings. When there. you don't get signed from the team, or when you reject an offer from the Nationals, because yeah. he rejected the offer, he wanted yep. to go play somewhere else. Yep. And they're in the World Series. You are feeling like. Oh, I made a mistake, didn't I? Yeah. You can tell there's like almost like a bit of bitterness to his uh, words because if you look back at uh, what the, the Nationals did is after they won that series, uh, they posted a video of – or they didn't post a video. They tweeted out, we want to bring a title back to D.C., which is his exact quote from a couple years ago when he said – uh, he wanted to win a title in DC. Yeah, and so I think that yeah, Bryce Harper. I think there is some little hidden underlying messages there. I think obviously but... he's not gonna like fully say, oh wow, obviously like I'm not, mad, yeah. I'm mad, I'm really mad. He's gonna say jealousy is not good. It's it's true. It's a true statement. Yeah. But clearly he's having some jealousy. I would he's, say so. He's trying to keep it a lot less like important than it is. I feel like he's trying to downplay it just because. Bryce Harper, obviously, yeah, like we said, is not going to come straight out with it. But I think that, yeah, Bryce Harper it does have some underlying feelings, I think. Because if you look at just the way that he left, and obviously rejecting that contract, like you said, and looking at like his past history with the Nationals and what he, how the season kind of ended up with him for the Phillies, I think it'll be interesting to see... like what the Phillies kind of go from there because um, obviously Bryce Harper wouldn't be happy with the comments from the Nationals and yeah like the Nationals I feel like shouldn't have maybe posted that but I mean it is pretty funny them posting that just to kind of you know get back at him in a sense because he did kind of you know screw them over in the end so yeah it'll be interesting to see what uh, the Philly, uh, the Nationals kind of do and uh, who they go up against in the finals because uh, the Astros or the Yankees, either one will be a good matchup, I think, for the World Series. I would definitely agree uh, with that. And when you look at, uh, yeah, when you look at those that, uh, 
the, the series, really. Let's say Astros win Nationals, because like I think Astros beat the Yankees. Who would you have Astros over Nationals? Because the Astros look they look they look unbeatable. Poised. They look they look poised to win, uh, to poised to move on to the World Series, and they do look really good right now. Mm-hmm. I personally would say just because of the way the Astros have been playing, their pitchers are hot, their hitters are hot right now. They are doing really well, and the Nationals have waited. They're gonna be waiting a couple more days probably for the World Series. So to that start. extra rest is gonna put in because when I know whenever I notice about playoffs in any sport really, but especially baseball, when you have that extra rest, and I'm saying there's not rest, but you have that like. The Astros are going to be the, the Astros are going to be fresh off Game Five, yeah. and they're going to want to get started. Like obviously, it's going to be a couple days wait, but they're going to be less on a rest, and they're going to be off a high, and yep. they'll be ready to go. The Nationals are off a high, but they already had that kind of like yeah, they're off they're that. Cold in they're, a they're cold in a sense of that they they haven't played in a couple days. They're training, they're training, they're just waiting, right? Yeah, and that kind of sometimes leads to maybe Astros winning Game One. It's gonna, think, maybe yeah. it's going to happen. Maybe I feel like that's going to if the Astros beat the Yankees, which I think they will too. Um, they're going to play the Nationals, and they're going to beat them Game One. I know that's for sure. I think, and I'm picking yeah. Astros over Nationals. In in let's yeah. say six games, I think yeah, I'm I'm gonna go honestly Astros in five. Astros in just five, because really. I think the way Garrett uh, Garrett Cole is pitching right now, the way Verlander's pitching right now, I don't see how the Nationals can hit that well off them. And I mean, obviously the Nationals do have Strasburg and Scherzer and Anibal Sanchez, who clearly proved his worth against the Cardinals there. Um, but yeah, I think that the Astros would take this one over the Nationals in five. Alrighty, that wraps up our MLB discussion regarding the Cardinals being swept by the Nationals, Bryce Harper's comments, and our predictions for the World Series. This has been episode 10 of On The Rise Podcast with your host, Sam and Evan. Be sure to check us out at ontherisepodcast.ca and Instagram at risepodcast. We'd like to give thanks to all our Midtown Radio listeners. Make sure to turn in, tune in next week for more great sports content.